Our reading this morning is taken from uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, and reading from verse 13. Matthew, chapter 5, reading from verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on the stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I'm really glad you're here today because you're here at the beginning of a four-week church experience. And uh, during these four weeks, as we uh, just walk across the room together, we're going to be exploring this whole idea of evangelism. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear the word uh, evangelism, um, if I'm honest, uh, my heart doesn't always leap. And maybe your heart doesn't always leap either. Maybe uh, as soon as you hear the word, part of you wants to shy away because you uh, imagine that you're going to be told that you're going to have to do all sorts of uh, embarrassing things. Uh, things that might not be uh, things that you would normally do. Well, let me just uh, uh, calm any fears right at the beginning, because the whole idea of this four-week church campaign, uh, just walk across the room, is aimed at actually helping us. Is aimed at overcoming maybe some of our fears, but also our preconceived ideas about what evangelism is. And uh, we're going to be exploring together uh, something that we can all do. Because as we've already seen illustrated with the children and on the video, and uh, it'll be emphasised in the home groups this week, uh, this is about walking across a room. It's something uh, you and I can do. It's about taking steps. I think I've mentioned before that at the moment uh, I'm, the, uh, I'm the plonker in the household with a, uh, a pink phone. Uh, one of my daughter's rejects because my phone's broken. And uh, on this uh, phone it's got this great thing under the heading fitness uh, and it's got walking and it, it counts my steps. And uh, even today, it's only 11 o'clock, I've already taken, would you believe it, 2,032 steps. Can you believe that? 2,032 steps I've taken today. That's nothing. Wrap your ears around this. Yesterday, I took 7,489 steps. 7,489 steps in one day. Just an average day. According to statistics, actually it's below average, according to statistics, uh, the average person takes 10,000 steps a day, so I must have had a bit of a lazy day yesterday, but it was Saturday. Every day we take thousands of steps. The whole idea of this is just 10 or 20 steps that we take could actually change somebody's life for the whole of eternity. And that's what we're going to be exploring together over the next four weeks. 
But let's, uh, let's hear from uh, Bill Hybels, whose uh, who's, uh, book and study we're going to be looking at in the home groups. And uh, let's just hear uh, what he has to say uh, as a way of introduction. That's the gist of that last closing statement, you know, if we could all just do the small thing that we can do, we could touch a lot more lives. I don't know about you, but if I had to, to kind of sum up what it is we're trying to do in church, if somebody said, you know, what is it that you do uh, as, a, as a pastor, as, as a people of God, I would sum it up very easily in that our job is about making disciples. That's our business. Uh, that's the product that we're interested in producing, uh, actually making disciples. And there's a sense in which um, we're doing that all the time because when we gather here on a Sunday morning in our small groups, what we're doing is we're helping to disciple people. But of course this is people that are already inside the church. And what this four-week course hopefully will do is help us to think about how we can reach people that are not yet in fellowship with God, that are not yet in a relationship with God. And I don't know about you, but that certainly is my desire. It is my desire to see new people uh, come into a relationship with God. It's what we're about as a church. And it's something that I think that we can do together. This whole uh, thing, this just walk across the room, uh, comes out of a real life, real story situation that I'm just going to share with you. Bill Hybels, who you saw uh, on the video, and you'll see in the small groups this week if you join uh, a small group study group, uh, he'd been invited to uh, a lunch uh, with a whole group of other people. And sat opposite him was uh, an African-American Muslim man. And uh, Bill Hybels got into conversation with this guy. And uh, his story was the inspiration, not only for the book, but for the whole idea of this just walk across the room. Because the guy told him, he said that uh, uh, the Muslim man uh, said that uh, he often went to such meetings, and often went to parties, uh, due, to, due to his work. And he often found himself in, in, in social situations, with a drink in one hand, a plate in the food in the other, standing all by himself. This was something he had got used to. And uh, often this was, the, this was the situation that he found himself. And he told Bill about one event that he went to, and he'd made a few business contacts, 
and uh, once again he found himself in the room on his own. And he saw opposite him a group of people uh, in a huddle in a conversation. And he noticed that one of the people uh, kept turning around and looking at him. And at first he started to feel a bit embarrassed, but then this guy actually uh, excused himself from that group of people and walked across to him, introduced himself, entered into a conversation with him. Uh, the Muslim man was blown away that this guy would actually uh, leave his, his circle of friends and, and come and talk to him. Uh, but not only that, the, 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 as they got into a conversation, uh, he was a little bit wary. It was in the American South and he was a little bit wary of, of, of saying that he was a Muslim because very often he's, he'd experienced a bad reaction to that and a kind of end of the conversation. Uh, but he, he took the ball by the horn and, and as the conversation went, he said he was a Muslim. The guy said... He was really interested to know about Islam, he didn't know much about it, and would he be prepared to meet him over a coffee sometime and tell him more about himself and his faith? The guy was blown away and agreed to meet him, and to cut a very long story short, they had several meetings, and after several meetings, uh, the African-American Muslim guy realised um, that this guy had shown a great deal of interest in him, but he didn't know a lot about him. And so he asked him about him, and the guy told him about that he was a, a Christ follower, that he believed in Jesus, and uh, he shared his faith with him. And eventually, uh, this Muslim guy comes to faith. Just because somebody had walked across the room to him. That's the premises that we're going to be thinking about. Um, it sounds very easy, sounds very simple, and it's a lot easier and a lot simpler than we think about. Now then... You've been given um, uh, some Bible study notes. If you find them useful, use them. If you don't, just put them to one side. That's fine. Um, they're there for you. And uh, we're going to be thinking this morning, in the first week, about the single greatest gift. The, singus, the single greatest gift. The single greatest gift Christ followers can give to people around them is an introduction to the God who created them, who loves them, and who has a purpose for their life. This is what evangelism is. Constantly watching for ways to give that gift to someone living far away from God. So evangelism is about us sharing a gift that we've already received. It's about sharing something that we have with somebody else. That's what evangelism is all about. And the first thing that I want to share about this just walk across the room, and uh, it's, on your, it's on your notes, it's about being willing to enter the zone of the unknown. Being willing to enter the zone of the unknown. That's what it's about. Okay? So what's the, uh, the, what's the zone of the unknown? Obviously you don't know because it's unknown. Uh, so let me tell you. Um, this is uh, a group of people here on, uh, on the left of the screen. And uh, they're in what you might call the comfort zone. They're in a group of people that they know and feel comfortable with. 
And so we'll call that the comfort zone. We know where our comfort zone is, don't we? It might be where we sit on a Sunday morning, the kind of area that we choose to sit in each week, that we feel comfortable with. Uh, we know the people around us. Um, we're comfortable where we are. We all, we all know those things, don't we? We are uh, creatures of habit. We sit in the same place. Uh, it happens wherever we go. Uh, I, I went to the celebration at Zion. It only, only meets once a month. And as I was looking around, I, I noticed that the people that come on a regular basis, even on a once a month meeting, all sit in the same place, including me. Uh, it's just what we do, isn't it? Because we feel comfortable. Uh, we sit next to somebody probably that we know because that's where we feel comfortable. That's the comfort zone. Over here, on, uh, on, on my left, your right of the screen, is the zone of the unknown. This is where the guy standing on his own is. And uh, the idea of being, being willing to enter this zone of the unknown is about us being prepared to leave our comfort zone and make that journey across the room. Making a journey across the room to speak to somebody else. It's scary, isn't it? We've all been in social settings. Uh, we've all experienced being in the comfort zone, but we've also experienced that feeling of, you know, uh, I don't really know who to speak to. I feel isolated. And uh, the idea is being willing to enter that zone of the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know when we go to speak to somebody new whether we're going to get a, a warm reception or a cold reception. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. And that's why we're calling it the zone of the unknown. Have you ever been there in the zone of the unknown? Have you ever been there? We've got at least one person here this morning uh, who's been in that zone. And, and uh, I, was, I was thrilled, it's thrilled when somebody comes up to you and says, I'm really pleased you're doing this because this is what happened to me. And uh, Peter uh, is just going to come and briefly uh, tell something of his story about what happened to him. Thank you, Peter. I'll just, I'll just follow exactly what I was going to do, really, because it was God's word upon me. Uh, I was, uh, as I said, I came up to Richard last week, and I, I, I was reading from Matthew 5, which said, One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, fishing with a net, for they were commercial fishermen. Jesus called out to them, Come, be my disciples, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets, and once went with him. So I thought, well, they, they were just ordinary people in an ordinary place, doing very ordinary things. And they became involved in a very extraordinary way of life. Yeah, is that okay? Right. Uh, the invitation... Uh, was followed by, you know, because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And a similar thing happened to me. Uh, this is a story about James. James was 14 years of age, and he's my nephew. And in, on the 1st of January, 2001, James... Now, I wasn't in great contact with James. He just used to come very occasionally at Christmas, things like that. Well, this year, it was the year after the millennium, and... We had uh, a bit of a do next door, and the lady next door always wanted to have a Scottish piper. And James was 14 years of age, and he was in Preston Pipe Band, Scottish Pipe Band. So I thought, I'll invite James across. So James came to our house, 
and he came up in his full kilt and his full regalia and that on the 31st of December he played bagpipes really well and everybody was overjoyed so this is it. the 1st of January was the next day and it had been snowing overnight and been snowing very heavily and even though he lived in the trough of Boland he wanted to go out walking so we went out up onto the tops of the hills and it was absolutely beautiful you can imagine it, the Rossdale Hills all covered in snow, the sun shining and we sat there and he just said isn't this fantastic? I said, yeah, just, just look at it all, just laid out before us and everything like that. I said, yeah, he said, and do you know something? It's, can you just come in? He said, Peter, he said, doesn't, it's just absolutely great. He said, you know, uh, God made all this. And I went, no, he didn't. The, the snow made all this. He said, no, God made all this. He said, God loves you and God loves me and God has put the word upon me to say that God loves you. So I thought nothing about this at all. But then, you know what it's like when you've got this itch, this scratch. And this itch is, it won't go away no matter how much you scratch. So after about a month or two, uh, this itch and scratch it was go- uh, wouldn't go away. So I picked up the phone and I phoned up James's dad, who was a member of Clitheroe Community Church. And he, he, I said to him, could you just tell me where I can go to get rid of this itch. The scratching is not going up, the scratching is not getting rid of the itch. So he said, yeah, I'll phone you back in two hours. Two hours later, he phoned me back, he said, go to Lund Baptist Church. So I said, right, I said, because, uh, he said, I just, he, he, know, he, he knew the, the Parkinson's, just go to Lund Baptist Church. So away I did, came up to here, and I walked all the way up here, a bit like I had to do this morning, really, because the bus didn't turn up on time. So I, I turned up here and I came in here and I was overwhelmed. The, the Holy Spirit just came straight into me and I was overwhelmed. And it, was, it was a baptism ser- uh, service on at the time and I was just overwhelmed with everything that just went on. That, that, that just really indicated that my nephew really just took the trouble to take a few steps and he got me involved in, in, in the Christian way of life. And he said, so, basically he said, Jesus invited his twelve apostles to join him in, in God's ministry. Uh, being, you know, in the way, the truth and the life. They invited others. Uh, his discipleship, it started off and, it, and it's cascaded all the way down. All the way down to my nephew, who then invited me along to be part of God's ministry. And you are here all involved in God's ministry as well. Thanks, Richard. Thanks, uh, Peter. Just a a simple illustration of what can happen uh, when somebody takes those steps and enters that zone of the unknown and speaks to somebody and makes that connection. And we see that Peter's here today because that somebody actually cared enough to actually speak to him. Have you ever been there in the zone of the unknown? Some of you have, and some of you uh, have experienced what that's like. And uh, very often it's in the the, the zone of the unknown um, that God does his best work. It's when we actually take those steps, when we don't know what's going to happen, we just do it trusting in God, that God actually honours us and is faithful to us when we step out into the zone of the unknown. So that's the first thing about evangelism. It's just being willing. It's being willing 
and being wanting to be used by God. Very simple, very everyday. Now, I'm sure some of you are already doing this. I'm sure some of you are already doing this. And uh, if you are, we want to hear about it. We want to hear stories because you might be able to help other people that see it as a huge mountain to, to, to climb and, th- and think they can't do it. Um, most of us, uh, perhaps, um, we hear stories, don't we, sometimes, uh, about people with great evangelistic gifts. And uh, they're great stories, but we think, oh gosh, I could never do that. And uh, hopefully during these four weeks we'll find out that this is something that you and I can do. It's as simple as a walk across a room, a walk across a road, a walk across a path, a walk across a hill. Entering that zone of the unknown where God often does uh, his best work. But secondly, as well as being willing to enter the zone of the unknown, it's about listening for the Spirit's prompting. It's about listening for the Spirit's prompting. This is good news, you know, because um, people coming to faith, it's not down to us. You know, when I first started out as a pastor, I I used to worry myself to death thinking, you know, it's my job to bring people to faith, I've I've got to do this. And people in the church uh, would kind of reaffirm that worrying, you know, you're here now, you're going to bring people to faith. People even say, it's your job, you're the evangelist, you've got to bring people to faith. And uh, that was a huge pressure to me. Um, You know, people's eternity uh, are in my hands. And I used to really worry about this until I I realised... And the penny dropped that actually, it isn't me that brings people to faith. It's God. I'm just just a vehicle that sometimes God might use. Uh, And the important thing is evangelism, is really being open and listening to the Spirit's prompting. As I say, we hear stories, wonderful stories, don't we, about evangelism. Evangelists, you know, who, who even travelling to a meeting, you know, they get on the plane and they get into a conversation with a person selling them a ticket and they're converted. The person sitting next to them is converted. Before they finish the, 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 the plane journey, the whole plane's given their lives to, to, to God and, 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 and they're, singing, they're singing hymns when they touch down and even before it's got to the meeting, you know, loads of families and people are being touched by lives and, and we're amazed by that. We're thinking, gosh, that doesn't happen to me. Uh, I couldn't do that I wouldn't dare it's not about that it's about actually being willing to enter that zone of the unknown but listening to God's prompting and sometimes God does prompt us doesn't he just in in simple little things sometimes uh, somebody just comes to my mind and I think maybe I should go and visit that person and I go and visit and I discover that something's going on and it's just a, a small thing And they're so pleased that I've come and they see it as a God thing. And it's just being open to the Spirit's prompting. Sometimes the Spirit might actually say, don't speak to somebody about God. And very often the the mistake that we make in evangelism is we think on the first encounter with someone that isn't in a relationship with God, we've not only got to to give our life testimony, uh, we've got to explain everything about God, have the answer to every possible question that they could answer, be able to explain the Trinity and everything in one conversation. Some people try it. And it isn't the way that you win people to faith. We've all been in conversations, haven't we, with people where we think, gosh, (laughs) that was hard work. 
They weren't interested in anything I'd got to say. They were just going to tell me what they had to tell me. It might not be about faith. It could be anything. They were just going to tell me something. And uh, I'm going to stand here and listen. And when, when that conversation's finished, we're glad. Uh, and if they came into the room again, we'd, we'd probably uh, we'd be the one walking across the room to get away from them. And sadly, sometimes that's Christians trying to do evangelism. Actually, uh, it's about making friendships with people, actually showing an interest in somebody's life, like the story uh, that was the inspiration for this kind of study. Uh, the Christian didn't mention his faith in Jesus for probably several meetings, maybe it went over weeks, months, I don't know, uh, before, and he waited till the person asked him. He didn't force he showed a genuine interest. And it's not about pretending we're friends with people with the underhand idea that we'll, we'll somehow get them, get the religious bit in. It's about genuinely caring for people and showing an interest in people's lives. About asking people about what's going on in their lives and genuinely making that connection. And as we enter into that relationship, they might say, ask us questions back. And it's at that point when we're asked, uh, and when we feel prompted by the Holy Spirit, that we share something of God. And lives are changed. So it's really about listening to the Spirit's prompting. And that's really important. And you have to learn to do that. And sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes we get it wrong and we fall flat on our face. And that's okay. That's okay. It's okay to get things wrong. Uh, some, sometimes people try things, don't they? And they fall flat on the face and think, I'm not going to try that again. That was so embarrassing, that was terrible. Uh, people say to me in church, we've tried that before, it didn't work. In other words, don't try it again. We tried it once, it didn't work. And sometimes we actually apply that idea to evangelism. Oh, we've tried it. You know, we've been out door to door. Uh, we've put leaflets through people's letterboxes. Uh, we, we, we've had evangelistics, but it didn't really work. And uh, don't fall for that lie that just because something didn't work in the past, it's not going to work again in the future. Um, be open to the Spirit's promptings. As we read in, uh, in that passage from Matthew, Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? You know, sometimes we, some of us, you know, we lose our enthusiasm, our belief that God can actually make a difference. One of the things that uh, Bill Hybel says in, in his book, Just Walk Us the Room, is the reason why he enters those zones of the unknowns and he listens to the Spirit's prompting is he actually believes that whoever it is he's talking to, if they're not in a relationship with God, that their life can be improved by being in a relationship with God. He actually believes that. And that's the thing that spurs him on to try and make these journeys across the room to people. Because he actually believes that the God he's in a relationship has changed his life and has made a difference and an impact in his quality of life and the way that he lives because he's in a relationship with the person that created him. He believes that other people's lives will be made better. Doesn't mean that bad things won't happen, doesn't mean that, that things won't go wrong, but he thinks that whatever happens, that if you're in a relationship with God, that's a better place to be than not being in a relationship with God. And if we honestly believe that for ourselves, then 
why wouldn't we believe it for our friends and our families? You are the salt of the earth, but if a salt loses its saltness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are a light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. You know, the thing about salt is, you know, when you add it to it, it adds flavour, doesn't it? But you know, you can have the most salty salt ever. But if it doesn't actually get on anything, it will never serve the purpose that it was intended for. And you know, we can be absolutely alive for Jesus, we can be worshipping him every week with our hands in the air, we can be jumping for Jesus, uh, but if we never allow our faith to be exposed to anybody else, uh, we'll never make that journey across the room, we'll never see people uh, come to faith in Jesus Christ. Listen to the Spirit's prompting. Be open to the Holy Spirit actually speaking to you and saying... Make that journey across the room. Go and speak to that person, that neighbour. Speak to that member of the family. Speak to that person in church that's stood on their own or looking a little bit sad. Walk across the room. Enter into a conversation. Be open to the Holy Spirit actually prompting us. And as you do that, you'll actually get used to recognising the Spirit's voice rather than our own voices and the other voices that sometimes get in the way. And we'll be just open to God and really, all you need to do is just say in the situation, God, if you want to use me in this situation, I'm available. Lord, I'm available. Try it this week as you, as you go about, as you, as you meet. Just say in a situation, uh, whether it be in a group of friends, at the bus stop, in wherever you are at work, just say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm available if you want to use me. And it's up to him if he wants to use you. If he, if he says, yeah, do something, be open to that. He might not. And that's okay, but just be open and aware that God does speak to us in that way. Listen for the Spirit's prompting. And then finally, just walk. Finally, just make that journey. Just be prepared to walk. Um, Paul, in Romans 5, says this, he says... God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. While we were far away from God, Jesus did something for us. And you see, just as we are being encouraged to think about walking across the room, when we think about Jesus, he made a walk across the cosmos. He left that comfort zone of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit to enter the unknown zone of living on earth. He made those steps, those huge, ginormous steps. You know, you know when man first walked on, the, walked on the moon, can you remember that? You know, those famous words, you know, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind or whatever it was. Uh, my dad dragged me out of bed at some unearthly hour to see this in a little black and white television. You could barely make out, you know, what was moon and what was, what was people. But it was a momentous occasion where somebody was, was taking a step into the unknown and there's a sense in which this is what Jesus did. He left heaven and came down to earth to demonstrate how much God loves and cares for us. 
Paul again in, in that famous passage in uh, Philippians 2 that we know so well. Had the same attitude of mind Christ Jesus had, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a human being, he humbled himself by becoming obedient, even death on a cross. Jesus has made this walk across the cosmos. To reach out to people that were far away from God. One of the things that disciples try to do is imitate what Jesus has done. That's what we're called to do. We're called to do the same things that Jesus did. When we see Jesus living uh, on earth, what we see often is Jesus walked about all over the place. And he was always making those journeys across the room, across villages. He was always crossing barriers to meet people. I'm sure you're, uh, you're familiar with, uh, with that story in John's Gospel, chapter 4. The, uh, the Samaritan woman. Um, you know, the disciples and Jesus turn up at this, this well and the disciples go, are going to go into the local village to get some food. And Jesus stays there and there's this woman there. Now, a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi, would have had nothing to do with a woman. He wouldn't have been the... the, the, the protocol would have been that he would have ignored her. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have looked at her, he wouldn't have spoken to her, he would, he would have done anything to avoid her. What does Jesus do? He makes that journey across to where that woman was. Crossing not just a, a bit of sand and a bit of a path, but all sorts of barriers to reach this woman. And Jesus says, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water, I will give will never thirst, not ever. The water I will be, I give will be a spring within, gushing to fountains of endless life. And the woman says, sir, give me this water so I won't ever get thirsty, won't ever have to come back to this well again. Enters into that conversation. We know the end of the story. The woman uh, goes back and tells the other people, come and meet this man who knows everything about me, who's changed my life, who loves and accepts even me uh, and the life that I've lived. Come and meet him. Uh, this walk that Jesus makes, he wants us to make. And as we've heard this morning, you know, um, Somebody, at some stage, probably the reason why you're here, if, you, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you're here this morning, you're probably here because somebody uh, made that journey across the room to you. And maybe, just as a thing this week, maybe it would be great just to, I mean, we've heard Peter's uh, testimony. Um, you know, we've all got a story like that. Wouldn't it be nice just maybe to write to the person uh, this week who was influential in your journey in faith and just saying thank you to them. Thank you that you, you took the time. <laughs> to speak to me, just drop them a note and thank them. But are there going to be people that at some stage in the future will be writing to us and saying, you know, thank you. Thank you for making that journey. Thank you for, for caring enough about me uh, that you actually shared your faith with me. The single greatest gift that we can give, the single greatest gift that you and I can give is... The gift of that relationship with Jesus. Um, let's not keep it to ourselves. Let's be willing uh, to share it.
Let's be willing to, uh, to enter that zone of the unknown. Where we don't know what's going to happen. But we're prepared just to take that step of faith. Let's be listening for the Spirit's prompting. Let's be open to God actually saying to us, speak to that person. Visit that person. Put your arm around that person. And let's just make that walk.